0: Welcome to Healing Your Family Legacy here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. Innovative, evidence based recovery that helps to identify intergenerational trauma, allowing for freedom and embracement of the healing process. Today, episode 51 Change as a Process, Part 2. And now, your host, Dr. Donna Bevanley.
1: And this is Dr. Donna Bevanley helping you heal your family legacy. Welcome back. And again, today I am going to talk to you about changes in the coming year. Last time we talked about, you know, change is a process. Real change is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. And I know you've probably heard this a thousand times. And if you've heard this with your adult brain on board then you know that oh yeah change happens over time. If you're a, if your' adapted adult child who's probably 13 or so or your wounded child who is really young under five or under six, then change is something that has to happen right away. So adults who are looking at change need to understand it happens over time. it doesn't happen in an instant and is really behind most of addictions it's like we want it and we want it now and so if we don't get it we choose to to find ways to get it right now most of those things are you know it's a lie you don't get it right now you don't get immediate relief we don't you know you don't get those things that you are trying to get overnight. If you get it and it's easy, it's probably not going to be good for you. So today I want to talk about how those changes have occurred, can occur. And last time, uh, Dave, my friend and producer, talked about how that change with his dental fear has happened over time. It started out when he was terrified to go to the dentist, understood that, oh, wait, that terror is not my adult. It's based in my childhood and it's based on trauma. And again, I want to say that most childhood trauma is unintentional. Okay, adults don't go around trying to hurt their children. Neither do dentists, neither do doctors. They don't. They're trying to help. And it's so if you have trauma, it's usually unintentional now I also want to reiterate that sometimes it's intentional I get that but it's a really small percentage I think that um, is intentional so when you're looking at childhood drama and you're you know you're you're doing it, I hope at this point, as a result of saying, gee, I just can't get this change as an adult to happen. It's usually you are in your wounded child ego state or your adapted adult child ego state. And so in order to make changes, you've got to say, I need to act my age. I need to even feel my age. And, you know, I I know that as a 71-year-old woman, that sometimes I go, I just really need to, you know, act my age more. That doesn't mean that I'm going around making bad decisions, okay? It means that maybe I need to take a look at what I'm doing differently, okay? So now I'll tell you a little story about myself and acting my age and making good choices about how I'm going to approach the ch- one of the changes in this coming year for myself. By now, you've probably all been aware of the fact that I like to hike, okay? I Even when I was in Hawaii, this is a little side note, it's kind of funny. But in Hawaii, in Maui, there is a uh, volcano there named Haleakala, right? And so when I heard that, my brain heard, I like to hike a lot. (laughs) So I call that now, I like to hike a lot. It's called, it's really Haleakala, but you you can hear, if you listen closely, you can hear that that's pretty similar. So that's a funny story. Anyway, so I've always done this from the time I remember as a small child, following my grandfather up the mountain to his old cabin, is that I loved being out hiking. And that's what I wanted to do when I wasn't working so much. And that's what I have been doing. Um, and for the last, say, year and a half, I've usually hiked, oh, between seven and 15 miles a day, six or seven days a week. All right. That might sound like a really healthy thing, but I've discovered something because about three weeks ago, I was on one of my 10 mile hikes. To me, that's a non-event these days and I tore my calf muscle badly like the doctor who looked at the MRI said to me oh it looks like you did surgery on your calf muscle that means that it's not connected well um, to my Achilles and that's a problem so now I have this big boot on I can't put I can't put any weight on it and it'll be... You know, almost nine weeks from the time it happened until I can put weight on it till I can take this boot off and then I'll be in physical therapy for another six to eight weeks and if quote unquote everything goes well I might be able to start hiking again so I asked this nice young man who's my uh, doctor I said how did this happen I was walking <laughs> I mean, me a hike is you go up in the mountains and then you walk around a lot and you you're on a trail and I was on a trail and it was it was the part of the trail that was very soft and very flat so I actually was hiking I was walking what I call now wwo walking while old okay so I was walking while old along this trail and suddenly I was on the ground in immense pain and then I had three more miles of walking and it took about two and a half hours to get out but he he looked at me and he goes this is because you're old <laughs> I, I mean that might sound cruel to some people but it's a fact all right I didn't know this before but now I know he said when you walk and you're old you have to stretch first. You have to warm up first. Now, in my whole life, I have never warmed up before I walk. Never. And most of you might think, "Gee, I've never done that either." Because who warms up before they hike or walk? Nobody I know. Certainly not me. But here's a fact of here's a fact of being seventy-one years old. And if you're going to be really active like me. You have to warm up, okay? And I have joked before to my friends that, you know, when you're my age, you wake up in the morning and say, okay, did I hurt myself while I was asleep? (laughs) We just don't have the the bounce back is not as strong as it was when we were young. And so now in my adult life, Acting my age, now I have to say okay, when I get up in the morning, I have to stretch before I do anything. I certainly need to do a warm up before I take off on a hike. So, you know, it's it makes sense to me now. I used to be a runner. I used to run marathons and half marathons when I was younger. And until I was 60 years old. And I stopped that because I had to have a hip replacement. And it wasn't because of anything bad. It's just one of those genetic things in our families. Left hips get bad, right? So had hip replacement, no more running. But when I was a runner, I would never dream of going on a run without warming up. I would never dream of going on a run without stretching and stretching for several minutes, stretching for 15 minutes before I would go on a run. And now I realize that, oh, okay, because that that nice young man, he was willing to tell it like it was, not be around the bush and say, oh, you know, as you know, you might want to consider it like he was right there. You're old. You need to warm up before you walk. Okay, I got it. And so that means that I have to change the way I think about going on a hike. I can't just get up, get in the car go to a trailhead, and start hiking. It means that I get up, I stretch out, I, you know, do what I need to do, have coffee, whatever, go to a trailhead, and then really stretch and really warm up before I hit the trail. And I have to do that once I can start hiking again in a few more months. And, you know, the the point is, is that, okay, I could have really pushed the envelope and said, I think I should be able to walk. I have this walking boot. I have a boot on. It's not even a cast. I didn't even have surgery. I should be able to walk. I think I can. It doesn't hurt anymore. I think I can. No. The doctor says no. So I believe him because, well, he's a scientist of sorts. He doesn't sit in a lab and, you know, look at COVID COVID viruses. But, um, he is a scientist. He had a lot of years of training. And I think I'll believe him because he knows more about this than me. And so you see, taking into consideration facts, you can't lose weight overnight. You can't feel sober just because you stop drinking. You can't get into shape just because you decide to buy a gym membership. And go to the gym maybe once a week. You have to set up the plan. The plan for me is that, well, I sit around a lot. Until January 27th. When I go back to the doctor. And he tells me whether or not this is healed. And I'm prepared to hear that, well, at my age, maybe it didn't heal as well as it need to. I might need to be in the boots more. But it doesn't mean I'm going to have a meltdown. And start telling him that he should have told me this and he must have done something wrong and it's all his fault. It's like, okay, he had the facts. He gave me the facts. I believe what he says. I'm going to do what he says and hope for the best. And I'll keep doing what he says and hope for the best. Because I can't determine what the outcome will be. And that is another reason that people fail when they decide to make changes in their lives without really looking at the trauma. Okay, so one of the ways that I got through my life and all the trauma that goes with life, because there is no such thing as a trauma free life, is that I found being outside hiking helped me clear my head, helped me feel better, helped me connect with nature, all those things. And so it's kind of important to me. Right. But I also know that there is a process and that will be true for you. I can't look at the outcome. And just expect that I can go do what I used to do all the time without making any changes. When I'm looking at how I'm going to make the changes in my life, I will look at what I hope the outcome will be. But if I get all invested in the outcome, I have trouble. I will have much trouble getting to the point that I want to be. And I have to be flexible enough to realize that I might have to Turn left once in a while, or turn right once in a while, or stop and reevaluate once in a while. I've never heard anybody say, "Well, this is what I decided to do. This is the plan I made, and and I got the exact outcome that I hoped for." You know, it just doesn't happen that way in real life, because life continues to occur. Nobody has the power to change you except you, and as you go along, you don't have the power to determine how that's going to turn out, okay, so I got on the trail that day, I'm healthy, I, you know, I get enough sleep, I eat right, I do all the right stuff, and I got on the trail that day, I have done that trail, I don't even know how many times I've done that trail, many, it's one of my favorites, and The idea was to do that trail, come out the other end, go home, have lunch or, you know, late lunch. And that's not how it happened. And in fact, it kind of made me have to reevaluate and get flexible about how I'm going to take care of myself till I can go back out on the trail. Because for me to sit here and just feel sorry for myself or feel... You know, like it's his fault or whatever comes up, or, you know, the Forest Service should have had that tree that fell across the trail. They should have moved that by the time I got there. It's like, this is life, people. And I could tell you right now that if you spend your time trying to blame somebody else, that's what you'll get out of your life, is that it's all somebody else's fault. Now, I will say that in the event of childhood drama, And in some adult trauma, too, it's like you, it really was someone else's fault when you were a child, okay? That you had nothing to do with. You were a child. And if you were traumatized as a child, it happened intentionally or not. Like bullying, okay, is absolutely intentional, but it's usually done by other children who are acting out their trauma. Right. So even when you're looking at bullying, you gotta say, who are the who are the adults that should have put an end to that? Should've helped that child that was bullying the kid, because that's where that's where it broke down. So now there's a whole bunch of people who were traumatized, a whole bunch of kids who were traumatized, because the adults weren't doing their job. Okay. So if when it happened to you, it wasn't your fault. What you decide to do about it, that's where you say, okay, that's on me. Okay, if I if I decide that I'm not going to take care of business, it's on me. You know, if I have a drinking problem, and when I talk about alcoholism, I'm talking about you lose control. Okay? You lose control of your drinking. How do you know if you lose control? Bad things happen and you continue to do it anyway. Oh, this, you got a DUI? You can determine whether or not you're an alcoholic by how you deal with that DUI. Do you stop drinking? If you say, wow, I got a DUI. I am now a criminal. I could have hurt somebody. I better not do that again and you stop drinking because you realize, well, I'm not going to get a DUI if I'm not drinking, newsflash, and you stop, then you probably don't have the disease of alcoholism. But if you get a DUI and then you continue to drive drunk, even when you say, I'll never do that again, and you end up driving drunk, you've got a problem. And how do you fix that problem? You stop drinking. Okay, you stop putting it in your mouth. People come to me. They would pay me a lot of money to come in and say, how can I stop drinking? And I would tell them what I'm saying right now. You don't put it in your mouth. If you don't put it in your mouth, you're not going to cause problems and you're not going to create a nightmare for yourself. Okay, but here's the deal. There's also a process we call getting sober. It doesn't happen just because you stop drinking. You still might you still might cause a terrible accident because you stopped drinking but you didn't go about the business of quote "getting sober, which means that you deal with the the issues that were behind the problem drinking in the first place. You get calm with yourself. You get good with yourself. You feel better. And if you don't, we call that a dry drunk. And what's a dry drunk? It's all the behaviors without the alcohol. So, you know, I can tell you right now that most of the people who are in road rages are either dry drunks or they're dealing with trauma that I can tell you they've got trauma, okay? Because who does that? (laughs) When you are driving down the road and you get in a road rage and start chasing somebody or shooting them because they didn't do what you wanted them to do or you think it was done to you, that's not acting in your adult reality. Those people in road rage don't know you. It isn't about you. And, you know, you might have been a bully on the playground too. So making decisions about changing, even if it's, I'm going to stop drinking, get help to do that. And there are many ways to do it. Go to Alcoholics Anonymous. Go to treatment in the many, many treatment facilities that are in this country. You could call the uh, National Institutes of Mental Health or Addiction, you can, you know, you can go online or, or look in the, if you still have a phone book, <laughs> find out where you can go to get the help. It's everywhere. And then you can stop putting that in your mouth and start dealing with the issues, the trauma that is behind it. And that goes for drug addiction. And let me tell you that you probably need to see a doctor that knows about addiction, if you're going to stop anyway, stop, but talk to a doctor or a therapist or somebody that knows about how withdrawal symptoms can occur. Because I know that, you know, the most easily available addictive uh, substances are the most deadly when it comes to withdrawal. Okay? Most people don't die from heroin withdrawal. They can die of heroin overdose, but not withdrawal. They feel sicker than 10 dogs, and they're glad when it's over, but they don't die in heroin withdrawal. You can die from alcohol withdrawal. You can die from Valium or any kind of anti-anxiety, any of the benzodiazepines. You can die from withdrawal from those. You're not going to die from withdrawal from heroin or any of the narcotics necessarily, so if you're on benzodiazepines or alcohol, talk to a doctor before you withdraw because you don't want to die from withdrawal symptoms, all right? But once you've done that, now you set a road. And, you know, it's okay to think about, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll get my family back. Okay, if that motivates you to stay sober, then that's good because every day that you're sober from drugs or alcohol, was better than the best, from what you thought the best day was in drinking or drugging, okay? It's going to be better, and it's going to get better. And even if you don't get your, quote, family back or your job back or whatever it was that you lost because of your addiction, you'll get better life. You know, you can get a new job. You can get new relationships. Your children will probably want to have some kind of relationship with you when they see that you're safe again. You can't get all focused on what it, what it has to look like when you get there because I would tell you it's just one of the ways that you're going to sabotage your recovery. You say, okay, my job is to just do that today, and that goes for any kind of change that you're looking to make in the next year. And it's okay to say, okay, I'll give myself a year to make this change. You can do that. And I can tell you that when you make, when you decided to make the change, I don't know what it'll look like in a year, but I'll tell you what, it'll be much, much better if you say, I'll give myself a year to make a dent in that spending addiction I have, to get rid of some of that debt, to lose some of that weight, to get more healthy to go to the doctor and find out what i need to do in order to keep my health to stop drinking to stop using drugs to focus more on how can i be a better driver okay there are so many things that people want to do and adults can do it if you stay in your adult reality you will actually be able to make those changes. I, Like I said, I don't know what it'll look like. I don't know what the outcome will be. I never dreamed when I got clean and sober that I would have a family. Because of my childhood drama, I thought, oh yeah, I'm going to have kids. That'll work out really well. I'll probably do the same thing that was done to me and I even had enough awareness at the time that That probably would have been true. But once I got clean and sober and I spent 10 years in recovery, I realized that I really wanted a family. So I had one. Now, if I waited till I was 45 before I got clean and sober and then decided I'd have a family, it looked different than what I did. But you can still do that. There are so many ways. To get what you really want in your life but when you're when you're focused on outcome and you're in a process where you are hurting yourself hurting others you're not staying healthy remember i've said before this ad nauseum this isn't a dress rehearsal and so if you want something you have to get focused on getting that done That means if you wanted an education, let's say you wanted to get a bachelor's degree or a master's degree, well, you're probably not going to get that just because you want it. Even you're probably not going to get that immediately if you sign up and start school. But I've had many people, adults, who have said, I've wanted to get, I've wanted to have an education. And I say, go sign up and start school. And then about three years later, I hear, guess what? I'm going to graduate pretty soon. Who'd have thought that? Because I told them, sign up for school, go to class, do the homework, do the projects. Don't miss unless you're really, really sick. All right. Don't miss. And eventually you'll get there. But don't give up. Keep going on the road. You know, Scott Peck called it the road less traveled. And there's a reason for that, because people that don't deal with their trauma just keep doing the same thing over again, expecting different results. They do things over and over again in spite of harmful consequences and then are shocked and amazed that they just can't seem to get that done. Because they're not in their adult reality. They're in their wounded child or their adapted adult child. They've got a grown-up body. There's a five-year-old in charge of it. They've got a grown-up body. There's a 10-year-old in charge of it. There's a 15-year-old in charge of it. You don't want that. I can promise you it won't work for you. It doesn't work for anyone. So when you are thinking about making these changes... Say, this is the change I want to make. Make it simple. One at a time, okay? (laughs) Smoking, drinking, you can quit both of those at the same time. It makes it actually, it's actually easier to do that together. Because they kind of go hand in hand. Because most people, when they smoke, they want to drink. When they drink, they want to smoke. So if you quit them both at the same time, it's just easier. But, do it one at a time do drinking smoking at once but t- you know get off the drugs start exercising look at your diet get some professional advice if you don't know how to do diet in a healthy way go see the doctor find out if you've got anything brewing in there that needs to have some kind of intervention go to the dentist right Go to the dentist. Do the things that you need to do in order to get your life better so that you feel better, so that you can actually be an active participant in it. And I would tell you, it works. Now, for this next year that I will be doing this, I'm going to take a different kind of approach, but you'll still hear me talking about how to stay healthy, how to get well, I'm going to talk more about depression, anxiety, all of the different kinds of uh, mental health issues that people are dealing with now that they've dealt with before but seem to be on the front of the burners now. So I will start talking about this and those. that's what I'm going to be talking about for the next year. So good luck with your changes. You can always email me at healingyourfamilylegacy at gmail.com and ask me any questions. You know, if you want to just talk about it, I'll read it. i give you feedback, whatever you need. So until next time, take care.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Healing Your Family Legacy here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. This channel is made possible because of listeners just like you. If you would like to support the channel with your tax-deductible contribution on an ongoing basis or through a one-time gift, head over to experienceofthesoul.com support. Healing Your Family Legacy is copyright 2022, Dr. Donna Bevanley, all rights reserved. Our theme music is composed by Dave Croft and used with permission. The Experience of the Soul podcast channel is a production of 818 Studios.